Hello and welcome to episode 34 of North Point Plus. We're glad you're here. We're so glad you're here. Uh, this is our follow-up podcast, so we get together every Sunday morning, uh, have some time of worship, get together, dive into the Word, and this podcast is another opportunity to keep doing that, keep worshiping, dive yep. into the Word, uh, keeping the conversation going, which is super fun. Um, I'm joined here by Rick, who kicked off our new series yesterday. We're in a new series. Who cares? Called, who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Um, Rick, tell us why this series, why now, what's this about? Um, great, great question. We've talked for the last uh, however long it's been, year, uh, year and a half, about our vision uh, that everybody who calls North Point home would see Jesus working in their life and be sharing that in their sphere of influence. Yeah. And we've not really tackled the end of that, that, that part of the vision, um, sharing that in their sphere of influence. Yep. And, and we haven't because I think uh, for a lot of people, that's a big obstacle. Uh, when we talked about the vision initially, we said the biggest part of this is recognizing how Jesus is working in your life. And um, that's just so important because it's easy for us to, um, for Satan to blind us to yep. that. When we become aware of that, it just becomes natural to talk about it in the same way that we, same way that we talk about our kids, our sports team, our grandkids, whatever it is, our hobbies, that kind of thing. So when we see that Jesus is working, it then just becomes an opportunity to have a natural conversation about that. Yeah. The problem is when we start talking about our faith and our relationship with Jesus and how he's working in our life, for a lot of people, it's like, oh, am I really allowed to talk about that right. at all? Right. Um, is, is that... Is that the right kind of conversation? Right. Well, I think to to interrupt you there, I thought it was interesting that you brought up that study. Yeah, where for millennials they were basically saying no. <laughs> yeah, Half of them were saying no. You don't do that. Right. We don't talk about that. Even though they said, yeah, we believe that we want our friends and and yeah, people and and the people that we know to come to faith and to and we recognize that the life with Jesus is the best life possible. Right. This is what's best for you. But we're not going to talk about it. But we're not going to talk about it. Um, so, so this series, it really is focused on how do we do that in a way that makes sense and is natural and not forced, mm. and it's not bludgeoning someone. <laughs> um, that's the word for the day, bludgeon. Um, the, uh, and, and so that's, that's really what this series is about. Yeah. And, and specifically yesterday, um, really the foundational concept is that that always has to start with prayer. That if we're praying about, uh, if we're asking God to give us the opportunities, to help us see the opportunities, and to help us uh, talk about, the, about uh, when we have a chance to talk, to yeah. talk in a way that's just very normal and natural and not trying to convince someone yeah. um, that that can be just an incredibly healthy thing. Yeah, I love, I, I love that we started with the, the just the concept of prayer, um, especially when it comes to this topic, because whenever you bring up this topic, you brought up the word evangelism. People kind of have this bad ah! that comes with evangelism, where you feel like, oh, you're just asking us to like knock on people's doors, to hand out gospel tracts, stand on the street corner. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's not what I mean. That's what evangelism has kind of become. The idea yeah. of evangelism in America, uh, and so really trying to to leave all the baggage out of it, um, and just start with prayer. Where if I'm really praying for this type of prayer probably does more, and I think you talked about this in your message, more to change my heart for right. people than it might even do to change that person. Yeah. Um, where if I'm praying and looking for opportunities to reach people, 
then I start to become aware of the interruptions that are already happening in my day anyway. Right. And that reframes that in a context of, oh, I could talk about Jesus here. This yeah. Could, this could really change all of my interactions with people. Yeah. Historically, it's kind of interesting because decades ago, 20, 30, 40 years ago, um, it was not that unusual, and it was actually kind of a welcome thing for people to come knock on your door oh, or right, people right. to just show up. That was a natural thing. And right. so it made sense in in that time period, in the 60s, 70s, whatever, um, to, to have people from the church, you know, on Tuesday night, calling night, right. go out and, and just start knocking on the doors in the neighborhood to have a conversation with people. There wasn't nearly the volume of stuff going on. There were only three channels on TV, <laughs> and not everybody had a TV. And um, and so to have a conversation on your porch, sit down and have a glass of iced tea or lemonade or whatever right. and talk about it, that that was a something that still not everybody was real open to, but it was a much more normal part of culture at that point in time. Right. That's not the case now. So um, I, I know lots of people, the, somebody knocks on the door, rings the doorbell, they're saying, I don't think... I don't know who's coming. Yeah. I'm not even going to answer the door. Right. Um, and so it it really is taking a look at what's going on in our culture. And and there is the way that that kind of communication takes place really is digitally mm-hmm. now. I mean, it's yep. it's like what we're doing right now. Right. Um, but the the level of conversation that you have with people that you know that you interact with that really is the fertile ground to right. be able to talk about what God's doing in our lives. Right. And it's it's funny because it would for some people, probably myself included, it's almost easier if you were to just ask us to go door to door because that's just easier for me to do to set aside time to do that then I don't have to like burden my friends with talking about oh, we're going to get into another t- conversation about Jesus. There's something mentally that's it's almost easier to just like set aside time and go knock on doors. Because Rather. you feel like you've checked the box, I've right. done my duty, right. and and it's done, and I don't have to worry about it right. until next Tuesday night on calling night or exactly. whatever. We can just segment our life with yep. Jesus, and that makes it easier. And and in reality, while God used that then, mm-hmm. and and I think probably God still could use that now. Sure. Yeah. Um, the ground is much more fertile in the context of. Uh, sitting with the people that you talk to at Big B, right. or um, th- or talking to, to um, the the parents of your kids that you sit with all the time at soccer practice or the soccer games, and and just have a normal conversation like you would about Michigan State, about what's going on in Lansing, about um, you know what's what what bands you're listening to, right. whatever it is, yep. to just that. To have that be just a natural part of conversation. Yeah, and that's again to circle back. That's why we spent so. That's why we have spent so much time emphasizing: look for Jesus working in your life. Right. Because the more natural that becomes, then it doesn't feel like you have to shift your brain right. into a different type of conversation. You're just talking about what's happening in your life. I saw God moving this way. I saw God providing this way. Oh, God taught me this really cool thing. And it doesn't have to be, okay, brain, shift over to the academic nature of yeah. talking about the Bible and explaining theology. And it's just not. like I just saw God move in an amazing way. I wanted to share that with someone. Yeah, and and um, my sweatshirt is strategic again today. <laughs> um, it's not that you're trying to convince someone of something that they um, that they don't want to be convinced of. Yeah. It's just that you're talking about what's going on in your life. Yep. Um, so the the uh, if you didn't watch the message, 
Um, I know I'm wearing an Ohio State sweatshirt, <laughs> and I know that that doesn't change anybody's minds because people's minds don't want to be changed unless they really care about football. Uh, <laughs> Only those who truly <laughs> care. Only, yeah. <laughs> On the other hand, um, being able to, to have conversation about real-life stuff, and, and when we pray and say, God, help me see the opportunity, all of a sudden conversations that may be the exact same conversations we have a, an awareness and acuity to what's going on that, that we say, eh, maybe God's doing something here, and I want to ask another question. Mm. I'm, I'm just going to ask another question right. and keep the conversation going. Yep. Not that I'm trying to convince anybody of anything, right. but just trying to be open to how the Holy Spirit's working in that moment. Yeah, love that. Um, and, and then if, uh, you know, because we're kind of talking back through the message, yeah. to not miss the opportunity when somebody really opens up and shares, yeah. man, I got fired today, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Or, um, you know, I had a flat tire. We don't have the money for a new tire. What What are we going to do? And in that moment, to be able to say, can Can I pray that God would help you find a new job? Would that Would that be okay? Um, and or, and or you know what? I've got some money. Let me let me buy you a tire. Um, whatever that is, it's, it has been really interesting to me when I've had that kind of conversation with people. And there are two or three that I can point to relatively quickly where, where I said, Hey, can I pray for you about that? Mm. Pray, you know, I keep going. It's not like it's at the top of my prayer list. So it's not something that, that I'm just consciously aware of all the time. Yeah. But a week or 10 days later, somebody comes back and says, you won't believe what happened. Mm. Well, what happened? Somebody called me and asked me if I was available for a new job that's a whole lot better fit and a whole lot more money, whatever that is. Do you think that's because you prayed? <laughs> God's God. And, and being able to then have the conversation yeah. to recognize that I'm being used by God to help that person understand who he is yeah. and how much he loves him. That's a pretty incredible thing. Yeah, and I think that's having seeing those opportunities, not missing those opportunities. Because um, I think it, one of the things you brought up in your message too was how many how many people have never been prayed for by oh. name in the presence of the person praying for them. It's so easy, especially in American culture. We like yeah. to be in the move all the time. So Rick can share something, and I'll be like, "I'll pray for you," and then I'll just leave. Yeah. But to take the time and to pray there with that person, because how how many times have people prayed with me? Yeah. <laughs> By name, and I grew up in the church my whole life. Right. Let alone someone that doesn't know Jesus. So to take time to show the world that it's okay to slow down, to take time to care for that person, um, man, that can have such a huge impact. Especially if the Holy Spirit is providing those opportunities for you. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I've, I've told this story before in a message a long time ago, but I, I remember so vividly back when, when our oldest daughter was really young, and we were living in apartments in, um, in Maryland. And we had made friends with uh, some other people in the apartments that had a daughter that was about her age. You know, they're toddlers walking around, that kind of thing. And her husband was gone. He was he was uh, working or whatever. And uh, she came over for dinner. We invited her over for dinner, which was a big deal to her because she was lonely. Yeah. And um, and dinner that night was French toast. Uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm cooking French toast for dinner. Um, so it's not like... We put out this big spread. I just said, hey, here's what we're having. Do you want to eat with us? And and she said, yeah. And I remember that night praying for her and for their family 
just as we prayed for the meal. You know, just um, and it's it's not like there was a big thing going on. I, I'm just praying, but prayed for her, for her and her husband and her daughter. Mm. And um, we finished. You know, I finished praying, and we're ready to eat the French toast, and she's just crying. Mm. And and it was because she had never really had anybody pray for her mm. by name and talk talk to God about her stuff. Mm. Uh, just powerful, powerful stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think it it I like that we're emphasizing this at the start of the message is that there's just these opportunities that pop up that as you're praying, you become sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is right. putting around you. It's the situations that are already there, but now you have this awareness of the Holy Spirit is working in your life and in the lives yep. of the people around you. And so to just follow that prompt, even though it's like, I don't know, maybe I just like ate something wrong and I yeah. feel weird, but like just to follow. And so the example, uh, the story that I'll tell is um, this is just how cool the Holy Spirit is. There was This was about a year ago probably. Um, was that Qdoba picking up lunch uh, for me and Julie? And the woman behind me, uh, I was wearing uh, uh, just a T-shirt, and so my tattoos were showing on my arms. And so she tapped me on the arm and asked what my tattoos were. And I explained, oh, these are my favorite Bible verses. Uh, So we got to talking a little bit. And so I just offered to pay for her meal. And she was very appreciative, loved that. So I paid for her meal, and I just walked to go get drinks and turned around. And she offered to pay for the meal of the person behind her. Wow. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And the person behind her that she paid for immediately broke down just weeping and they hugged each other and had an amazing conversation and i'm like (laughs) in behind the scenes looking at it like this is so cool she has no idea who i am i don't want her to know who i am but like yeah because i felt weird and had a cool conversation with someone i just paid for her lunch and she paid for someone else's lunch and the holy spirit was able to minister to that person just because i paid for lunch like god's economy it's just so cool to see the holy spirit can take this weird inkling of a feeling and be like just oh if you'll do it it'll yeah. be so worth it for that person when did that happen about a year ago you were on staff yeah oh rats <laughs> i was i was i was hoping that i could say and you weren't even <laughs> you weren't even a minister at that point in time maybe because we was were living you? in jackson it was definitely before we moved i can't remember if i was on staff because we were living in because we this is an insight into the adkins life we used to go to um we used to go to Qdoba every uh, for lunch after every um, after church every Sunday, but there's no Qdoba around here, so we stopped yeah. going. So it was sometime before we moved, but yeah, it was a year, year and a half ago, something like that. So maybe I wasn't on staff. I don't know. Wow, cool. <laughs> but yeah. you can listen to the Holy Spirit regardless. Well, well that's that's the thing that it doesn't take any special no. training, nope. anything, to just be praying. Yeah. God, would you help me see opportunities and 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 when we pray, yeah, it really does heighten our awareness yep. of, of uh, how God's working. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you can just be on the lookout for it. Cool. He's always working. All right, we got a few questions. Yeah. Um, and we got a few questions that were submitted in the middle of this past week. Uh, and so we'll get to those at the end. So if you submitted those questions, we'll circle back to them. We haven't forgotten them, but they'll come. It's a tease. You have to stay on they'll come t- until the, the end. end. <laughs> um, so the first question is really more of a correction for Jake, and Jake's not here. Oh. We can talk about Jake. <laughs> Jake was giving you a hard time <laughs> at some point during mid-service and first service. And uh, Jake, you said sued name, not pseudonym, <laughs> which is the correct word. Correct. <laughs> not sued name. And so this person wants to make sure that you never forget that. So, Jake, watch the podcast. You'll never forget it. Pseudonym. Pseudonym. <laughs> is False the, name. Is the correct term. 
All right. Uh, so the first question that comes in uh, dealing with this concept of prayer. So we're praying for people. Uh, someone asked, do you think God ever stops listening to your prayers if you struggle with sin? And so I think what this person is referencing is there are some, some verses that seem to indicate that God will not hear your prayer if something if you're struggling with sin, if you're prideful or whatever it might be, it seems like there are some scriptures that say, uh, God's not going to listen to you. Is that, is that really the case? Does God stop listening to you if you're a sinner? If that's true, um, any prayer that we pray <laughs> um, doesn't reach God's ears. Right. Because we're all in desperate need of a Savior. We're all sinners. Even saved by grace, we still live in the throes of a sinful world and and uh, with right. that tension of being forgiven, but also being needed to be forgiven. Right. And, um, and so uh, I think the answer to that uh, is, even when we struggle, God hears us, even when, uh, yeah, the, again, the, the, it seems like the clearest illustration is even when your kid is making bad decisions, mm. you still love your kid and you still want to have conversation with them and you still want to wrap your arms around them, yep. even when they are intentionally choosing a path that you would not want them to choose. Yeah. And I, I think the same thing is true for God, that um, if we're far from God, if we've never made a commitment to him and we call out to him, I think the best picture in Scripture is that father whose who's, uh, son, the prodigal, has gone off and blown everything, mm -hmm. and it says that while he was still a long way off, he comes and sees him and runs towards, uh, runs towards his son. And so I, I think even when we're a long way off, uh, well, far from God, mm -hmm. and we pray, God hears and responds because he loves us so much. Yeah. And, and when we, are, as his children struggle with sin and are caught up in that, I think his heart is a heart of compassion and mercy mm -hmm. and that he so desperately wants us to be in right relationship with us, yeah. with him, that that we um, that he still hears us. Yeah. Uh, some, oftentimes, our sinfulness gets in the way. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, right. it, that becomes the obstacle, not from God's end, but because the choices that we make, our, our mind gets cloudy, our heart gets um, dark, and, and that becomes the obstacle in order to be able to have the right kind of communication with God. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. That's great insight. Um, thinking about what prayer is, I think it's a, it's a key component of this, that prayer is not saying the right words, saying the I, magical words, and then God will just do the thing. Or, right. God, I want the new job. God, I want the new job. Oh, he's not listening because I'm sinning. Well, it's, it's, that's not what prayer is. Prayer right. is not meant to be this magic genie say the right words, yeah. and the right circumstances come to be. Prayer is this really cool, communicative, relationship-building yeah. thing that we have between us and God. And like you said, yeah, our sin can get in the way of that, not because God is like, well, <laughs> you sinned, I'm done listening to right. you. But it's because we get so focused. I forget what scripture it is, but there's some there's a passage that says uh, you don't have because you ask with the wrong motivations. Yeah. So we come to God asking for things out of a selfish desire for things rather than submitting to God's desire for things. And so when it comes to, I would say, putting it in this context of 
praying for people that are lost, praying for opportunities to share Jesus, I think even in praying that prayer, again, like we said at the beginning, that does more to change your heart right. than the heart of the person you're even praying right. for, where God, like, give me a right motivation to talk to this person, not to correct them, not to make sure that I'm right and they're wrong, right. but to share you with them. Like that, right. I think that prayer in and of itself takes care of the sin that we bring into that scenario. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you want to track down that uh, passage that Mark just mentioned, that's uh, James five, beginning oh, in James yeah. chapter great. five. Yeah, great, good stuff. All right, uh, another question: uh, Do you have any suggestions for sharing or caring for others in a generally Christian identifying or moral society? They said slash moral society. I. I might add a, di- a distinction in here that I think a Christian society and a moral society are conflicting that we in America try to synonymize instead of say, well, they're basically the same. But I think that, I, I don't know, do you, do you hear the heart behind that question of how do we care for people that are already kind of in that Christian-ish world? Ask that question again. <laughs> I'll read what they wrote. Maybe okay. it's less confusing. Any suggestion for caring or sharing with others in a generally Christian identifying society or moral yeah. society? Yeah. Okay. So uh, let me answer the question, and then I and then I'm going to answer again what I think maybe the question really right. was. That's what I'm trying to uh, get yeah. at. <laughs> um, so so if you if your life is surrounded by people who are good people. Good moral people yep. don't necessarily know Jesus. How do you share in the context of that? Sure. I think that I think the easiest and most direct thing is to be really transparent about your relationship with Jesus and to be open and authentic in saying, I don't have it figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, again, in, in terms of my own life, good friends of ours, good moral people, um, but far from God, they had turned their back on the church mm-hmm. and, um, and their... We had to make a decision about how we were going to talk about, you know, I'm a, I'm a pastor, a minister, how we're going to talk about stuff in the, in the church and stuff that was going on in our lives that we were struggling with. That was hard. Mm. We could paint the church as a nice, rosy place where every, everything is um, roses and unicorns. <laughs> um, or, or we could say, we could just be real open and say, we're having a really hard time because of X, Y, Z. Yeah. You know, uh, we've been hurt, but th- we've experienced this. These people are struggling with this, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and, and the reality was in being open and transparent about our stuff, our struggles, our times of lack of faith in God, um, those good moral people it gave them permission to say, "Yeah, I've got questions too. How do, how do you how do you process that?" Mm. And um, and when we were sharing those things, it wasn't that we were necessarily asking for advice. We we were just giving commentary on our life, like you right. would with anybody. Right. But just being real open and not thinking, "Oh, if they if I share that, they're going to think horrible things about me." Mm. Uh, if, uh, frankly. Um, <laughs> our, all of our lives are a wreck. Right. You know, um, we know who the answer is. We, you know, we know who brings joy in the sorrow. We know who makes sense of all the trouble, but that doesn't mean that it, that gets removed. Right. And so, and just being open and honest about that, I think it it opens a opportunity for conversation. Mm-hmm. 
in a, in a moral context, in a, in a place where people are good people, yeah. that, that's really, really healthy. Um, and, and, and having the, having the guts to have that conversation is really cool. So, um, with, with, um, some of our friends up at the lake that we, that we see, we have great conversations about how God's working. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and they may not be where we are in the same place, but, uh, it creates really cool conversations and it actually helps me understand, man, God's working in their lives. Yep. Too, and, and my assumption is, oh, he's not because of X, Y, Z. Yeah, he is. So <laughs> now, the the what maybe the question maybe is that they that they said it in a positive way, and what they were really talking about was in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you um, how do you be a witness for Christ in a world that is immoral and mm-hmm. unchristian? Sure. Um, which that may have been their um, question, and. Um, I'm not going to answer that fully because that's what really the next few weeks of this this yeah. series that we're talking about. Um, so come the next few Sundays, and we'll <laughs> yeah. talk about the next steps that you take after you pray. Great. Yeah, I think to to circle back to what you were talking about of in a generally Christian, everyone around me is says they're Christian, goes to church, does all those things. How do I share Jesus? Even even if it seems like they say they're Christian, but you know, you know your friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's it's the cool thing about the gospel specifically is that it's always radically different than what our world puts forth as a solution. So even though we might live in a generally moralistic society, we want to be good people. Something about the gospel is still radically different from that. And so right. as you're having conversations with friends where we're talking about the topic of justice, man, like there's no better way to bring up Jesus than when it comes to the topic of justice because our world thinks it has a solution for justice and every year it seems like we have more and more circumstances and more and more scenarios where we fail at justice here and here and here and we have the opportunity to come and say like well like yeah the world (laughs) does fail at that and we serve a God that doesn't fail when it comes he cares so deeply about justice and then you can share the cross and you can share like that's right. that's what's so cool about the gospel is the world wants Satan wants us to think that, well, there's really not that much of a difference between yeah. the gospel and what the world has. So it's eh, you live your truth, I live my whatever. And so we don't have to come like like you said, we don't have to come into that situation bludgeoning people <laughs> by right. correcting. But I think it's okay to recognize, like, hey, man, like, I can see you're really struggling with this. Can I share a little bit about how deeply Jesus cares about suffering or justice or whatever the topic might be? Because clearly our world is struggling. And if we just kind of sit back and say, well, there's not really that much of a difference, then we're, we're not loving that person by being able to show them that Jesus really does care about these things that are affecting them. Yeah. I, I, I think, too, just as, as you were talking i was i was thinking i th- i think w- we're in a unique place with people who uh let's just say it this way live with a veneer of christianity that they, they're mm-hmm. they're good on the outside whatever sure um but don't necessarily have a relationship with jesus um if i really care about them mm-hmm. i can I can ask a question that's not a leading question. Right. It's not a question designed to be a weapon. It really is to say, "Hey, Mark, how how do you deal with that? I know that Jesus said this. 
I, I know that Jesus said it's, it's harder for a rich man to go through the uh, uh, Campbell to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. And you've got so stinking much money. How do how do you hmm. deal with that? That's a different kind of question than to say, "Hey, Mark, I I see what you spent on your last vacation." Yeah, That's uh, nice... Jesus Jesus said this. How do you deal with that? Right. Um, that it, it's it is essentially the same question, but it's a it's in a completely different kind of a context. Yeah. And, and I would say I've had some of the best conversations I've had with people who were good moral people but not living with Jesus to just say, help me understand how you, how, kind of how you process that. Yeah. And oftentimes people will say, hey, you know, I, <laughs> I've never really thought about it. Sometimes they'll say that. Yeah. Sometimes they'll say, I know I shouldn't do that. I yeah. know I shouldn't do that. Hmm. And and it just you don't have to have that answer, right? It, uh, you're just being a friend, just right. asking, climbing inside their head and their heart. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Love that. All right, uh, we're gonna shift gears a little bit. Woo! Go to some of these midweek questions. Great. They seem really thematically all over the place. That's okay. <laughs> we're gonna tackle. That's why anyway. we're here. That's why we're doing it. All right. Um, first question that came in. Do you think? And I'm 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 gonna read the question and I'm gonna try because it's I apologize to whoever wrote it. I'm I'm having trouble making sense of what's here, so I'm just gonna okay. read it and try to make sense of the question that's being asked. Do you think it's possible that the Messiah could have returned again and never seen fruition, having been persecuted before being able to pursue his mission? I think the question is in that is, do you think the Messiah could have come? And not achieved. Like, what if Jesus died four years earlier? Would have been would it have been the same effect if Jesus got into a horrible boating accident and just drowned <laughs> instead of <laughs> being crucified? That's great. Is it the same thing? <laughs> um, I the uh, <laughs> of course he wouldn't have drowned. He would have just floated on the water. We know that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the um, I'm guessing that this is kind of a little bit of a fallout from Jesus on mission a week ago. Sure. From from the message from there. Yep. I I think I would answer it this way. Jesus had absolute clarity about why he was coming. And so if he um I, there it's funny when I read the question I thought, "Oh, are you, are they asking Jesus mission was greater than what he actually experienced mm. and it was derailed because he was persecuted oh, and crucified." Sure, sure, sure. sure. Um, and I, I and I, so that that's kind of what I've been processing. Yeah, and I, I mean think, that's certainly what the Jews would, Jewish right. culture would say. Right, he can't be the Messiah because be- because he, he was, was killed. killed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's not the that's not the plan that we sure. understood. Sure. Um, I think that Jesus knew exactly why he was coming to Earth. Yeah. And that so when he came, when he says that he came to seek and save the lost, um, that's that was his purpose. Yeah. I think. There is no um, there is no mistake in the prophecies that were filled, mm-hmm. fulfilled, and um, and in Isaiah when it talks about the lamb quiet before, uh, silent before his shears, mm-hmm. um, the the suffering servant passages that's yep. there from the Old Testament. Yep, Jesus knew who he was and that he was going to have to die. Yeah, um, and. And so I don't think that his mission was waylaid. I, I don't think that there'd be any way that Jesus' mission could be derailed because 
the only way it could be derailed would be if Satan was more powerful than God. Hmm. Um, so, uh, no, I, I think we can say with, with absolute confidence that yeah. Jesus was right where he needed to be for us. Yep. Yeah, I think the the clarity in that, like you pointed to, is looking back to those Old Testament prophecies is a really big deal. That's right. why the apostles point back to it fairly frequently in the New Testament, Right, is to say, hey, it kind of surprised us when Jesus died, but we looked back and we were like, oh, that's what Isaiah was talking oh, yeah. about. That's yeah. what it was talking about. And so you get yeah. this amazing clarity. And we talked about this in pretty good detail in another podcast where we were talking about who who was Jesus? Like, right. who was this person of Jesus? And we talked about this idea of fulfilled prophecies. So check out that podcast if you haven't seen it. We go into a lot more detail on that. Boy, we're 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 doing the whole radio thing, teasing the teasing <laughs> yeah. the future and <laughs> cross promoting. <laughs> we're good stuff. We're thirty four episodes in. We're getting pretty good. Hey, at it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's another uh, interesting question. Again, seemingly kind of uh, um, coming from nowhere, but really good. When and by whom was the Old Testament written? So we know we're looking at the Bible. There's a bunch of different letters, a bunch of different books. There's a lot of different authors. Yeah. Who wrote these? When were they written? Go. Yeah. So the um, there's there's not a quick and easy answer. Yeah. Lot a lot of different authors in the Old Testament. So if you look at like the prophets, mm-hmm. each of those was um, was written probably by that particular prophet. Sure. So Ezekiel written by Ezekiel, Isaiah written by Isaiah, Hosea written by Hosea, um, that kind of thing. Yep. First five books, um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, written primarily by um, by Moses. <laughs> yeah. Bible <laughs> trivia. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then probably after Moses died, finished by Joshua. Yep. Um, the Psalms written primarily by David, but some other psalmists as well. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other wisdom literature, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Proverbs, probably uh, by Solomon. Yep. Um, the uh, Joshua written by judges. Some of the history, sure. same same deal. Yep. Um, historians from that from those time periods. Yep. Um, so you can actually. Um, I was going to say Google, but do that with some level of discretion, but yeah. by a number of authors over yeah. over a long period of time. Old Testament finished, uh, the last the last writing of the Old Testament was about 400 years mm. before Jesus was born. Um, uh, Moses would have written, oh, I, I don't typically think in terms of timeline stuff, right. but... Uh, right. uh, uh, David's a thousand years before Jesus, uh, pr- probably somewhere in fifteen hundred years before Christ. That sounds about uh, right. Yeah, yeah. That, and th- this is actually not to plug another podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but we did a really long podcast on the Bible too. I think it was called "What Is the Bible." Um, so both of those podcasts, the one about Jesus, the one about the Bible, are on the podcast app of your choice on Apple, Google, <laughs> Spotify. They're on the YouTube channel. Oh, um, this so is go check hysterical. those out. <laughs> Who uh, would have thought? I know. <laughs> it's like we have these good resources. Yeah, I want people to use them. All right, last question. How are we... This is a fun question to wrestle with. Yeah. I wrestle with this probably every day of my life. <laughs> How are we as Christians, uh, as followers of Jesus, able to understand and cope with the fact that we are given the gift of grace and mercy freely oh. when we more often than not fall short on following the commandments and do not deserve it? Again, that's probably a question I have every day of my life is, God, why... <laughs> Only why would you love someone like me? Why would I? Why would I be given grace? 
when it seems like every step of the way I'm continually showing you why I shouldn't have grace. Yeah. Only the goodness of God. Mm. It it really does speak to the nature of God yeah. and his love for us. And um and that is incredibly humbling. Mm. You you can't understand that you can't have grace and you can't have mercy without justice. Mm. So God is just and he, and he will he will um he will live out that justice. But knowing that sin results in punishment, it results in death. God chooses to allow us to either experience mercy, which is justice pushed back. Mm. You know, it's it's just saved for later. Right. That's mercy. Yeah, you're still guilty, <laughs> but um, but but it's it's uh, that you may not even receive that, but you're still guilty. Mm. Grace is the gift that comes with not receiving that punishment because somebody else took your place. Somebody else um, pays the price for that punishment, yeah. and um, and that that's the wonder that just the wonder of Jesus yeah. uh, and, and of of the nature of God. The, um, Paul talks in Romans about Jesus being both just and justifier, or God being both yeah. just and justifier, yep. Yep. that that he is just, but he's also the one who justifies us because of Jesus. And and there is no, there's. I don't think that there's any rational way that you can say, why does God do that except because of love? Because he does. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think pointing people to, <laughs> if you're really wanting to wrestle with this, the book of Romans is this. Yeah. <laughs> is this concept of you're bad, now you know you're bad, you know what bad people deserve, but you don't get what you deserve. You get this instead, and you have this continual, like, Paul builds this incredible argument of the greatness and goodness of God, the justice of God, who gets the wrath of God now that you don't get the wrath of God. It's put on, it's, all this stuff is in Romans, and this concept still does not make sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> that it's, it's, it's uh, like, I understand it. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> the the book of Romans is such such a great book. I yeah. um when when we lived out on the East Coast, one of um one of Deb's favorite places, and I love the place, Williamsburg, Virginia. Mm. So you go to Colonial Williamsburg, and there are character actors that do everything. And yeah. we were in the courthouse at one point on one of our visits, and we're talking to whoever it was that that was there working in the courthouse, um Peyton Randolph or somebody I think I can't can't remember, and um. And and he was studying, and he had a Bible out. I said, "What are, what are you studying?" And he said, "Oh, I'm studying the Book of Romans." Huh. And I said, "Why are you doing that?" He said, "It's our textbook for to, in order to be a lawyer." Huh. I said, "What?" <laughs> and he he said, "Oh yeah, this this is how we this is what we study to understand what it's like to build a case, and then once the case." Is built to say these are the these are the ramifications these are the results of that case being an airtight case because that's what Paul does and I said I you know I'm eating this up it, it was great <laughs> yeah and and in reality the book of Romans um, it took me back to to when I was in in Bible college studying the book of Romans the first eight chapters basically Paul just builds this case. You've sinned. You've separated yourself from God. To hear all the all the effects of sin, and it all leads up to to Romans chapter eight, mm. when Paul says, "Okay, who can separate us from the love of Christ?" 
And then he says, nobody, not yeah. height nor depth, nor you know, angels, nothing. principalities. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. That's the heart of the book of Romans. Yep. Um, and then the next eight chapters, because it's 16 chapters, the next eight chapters are, are okay, if that's true, mm. if nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, what's that look like in our lives? And, yep. the, and the last eight chapters are just so great at saying, okay, this is what love looks like. This is how you live. This is how you respond to it. governing authorities. Right. The, all of these things that are the result of the fact that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So how do you how do you uh, understand and cope with that fact? You try to cope with it <laughs> yeah. forever. <laughs> Humbly and with a grateful heart. Yeah. 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 I don't know how you can look at that and not yeah. Be <laughs> incredibly thankful. Right. Incredibly thankful. Right. I think that's that's the normal response of a Jesus follower is <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. But I'm thankful for it. Yeah. I think that's that's what you do. All right, that's uh that's all the questions we have. <laughs> Sounds um, good. If we circle back to who cares, is there anything you want to leave people with? Yeah, absolutely, I do. Um, I, in the message, I ask people to write down the names of of people that that you care about. Yeah. Um, this is not like a hit list, but it <laughs> but it re, it really is this sense yeah. of God. Who might you use me to to extend your favor to? We didn't even talk about the word. Bless. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, but but who who might you use me to to uh, just extend your favor to? If yeah. if we're if we've been blessed, so that we can bless others, so that we can be a part of that that yeah. blessing. Um, so I just want to encourage you if you if you're watching, if you're listening again, take that list. Have some kind of reminder, whether that's the uh, an alarm on your clock yep. or something that you have at home or at work that reminds you to pray. Do that, and then just don't miss an opportunity when when God gives that to you to to extend God's favor to people. Great, yeah, good stuff, good challenge. So, um, thanks everyone for submitting questions. Hope it was a uh, beneficial. Rick, thanks for your time. Absolutely, and enjoy we'll, it. We'll uh, so much fun. Yeah, it's a blast. We'll uh, we'll keep this going. We'll see you next week. 